Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott with Pastors Dustin, Demetrius, and Danny, also known as the D Team, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yep. I think that might, that nickname might have to like have come and then go. <laughs> that, was, that was like my grade point average in high school, so it might work for us. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I've always been known as the D yeah. team. <laughs> oh man. Well, so these guys are here. I'm imagining you probably know why, but to talk about our um, upcoming church plant in Jefferson park. Is that, is that the, what, how, how are you guys describing the area that we're, that you're landing? Yeah, in? that's, that's kind of the central part of the area that we're looking at. I mean, it uh, kind of surrounding that area is West Adams to the West. Um, kind of the north part of South LA or even Lambert Park south of there. Um, but kind of that, that little corner between the 10 and the 110 coming south. Right. So you guys, you guys have known each other for a while. You guys have known each other for a while. Yes. Yeah. Who are you pointing By at? By pointing, he's pointing at Danny and Demetrius. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't work yeah. on audio? I mean, come That's on. not. Uh, 20 years? Yeah. yeah. Me and Demetrius and then yeah, me and Dustin met each other like... Almost, Almost from the get go. Were you saying you've been here ten years? Yeah, that church that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it crazy. doesn't like surprise me, but it's also kind of crazy. Yeah, I feel weird telling new people. Like when I meet new people at church, they ask like, "How long you been here?" I'd say ten years. When they they just said like three months or whatever. It feels weird to like say ten years. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Somebody asked me at the service this morning. They were new and they were visiting. They asked me after the service how how long I'd been a pastor here, and I was like sixteen years. They're like, yeah. "What?" Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm like I'm super excited to get to talk with you guys about this and really give you an opportunity to share even with those that are part of our church family that maybe haven't heard more about what's going on with the church. I mean, you guys have been talking to lots of different people, mm-hmm. right? Um, having lots of different conversations about the church plant. Why don't you give us a little bit of a story of? how this came about actually. Why don't, why don't we start that? that? That question wasn't even on my, on my list, but now I'm, now I'm thinking that's where we should start. So I'll say for me, um, it probably started about three years ago. Um, when Matt had a dinner with me and sat down and said, Demetrius, have you thought about church planning and would you want a church plant with me? And if you guys <laughs> notice, Matt is not around this table <laughs> to be a part of this co- <laughs> be a part of this conversation about church planning. Um, but yeah, like uh, that was the initial, particularly looking at mid-city Jefferson Park area for a church plant was having that initiative, initial conversation taking place about three years ago with Matt and Danny. <clears throat> and then at that time, yeah, I was at another church. And so we had a much larger conversation yeah. and which I came in to be a part of Cornerstone and was leading worship for it sometime, but with the hopes of church planning. So mm-hmm. that is where the initial for myself with this church plant yeah. took place. But, but yeah, Dustin, where, when did the idea of church planting, how, how did it come about for you? I know this has been a, a, a different journey for you. Yeah. I, I think it was originally something Sarah and I had talked about after I started seminary here when we moved out to LA. Mm-hmm. So we had moved out, not really knowing what what we were going to do after I was done with seminary. And as I started going through, I think it was towards the end of the first year, I started considering church planning as something I was interested in, something I saw a need for in Los Angeles, especially, or even we didn't know if we were going to go back to Minnesota at that point, um, but just having that interest there. And so actually I, I started having conversations with Matt as well, even back then, just trying to help him have me think through what the implications of that are, like what, what even that entails mm-hmm. planting a church. And um, so he's been kind of helpful in helping me think through a lot of those things, but that's kind of how it started, I guess, was just kind of uh, an interest in it. Um, maybe feeling some sense of a calling from God in giving me that interest and um, then digging into it more. Even I, I know that you had suggested that Sarah and I attend like a, a church planning oh, that's right. workshop. Yeah, yeah. The Like right after I graduated seminary. So that was about five years ago now, five or six years ago. And so going through that was super helpful just to get some insight into whether or not um, church planning would be a good fit for us um, with our giftings mm-hmm. and um, just looking at ways that we could prepare 
and continue to grow to to get ready for church planning. Yeah, yeah. I I should have had Matt just interview you guys. He's, I know he's been a part of this process all, all, all along. That, that that could have been more entertaining too. Maybe by the end of the podcast, you you could have got him to come with you. He might show <laughs> up. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> what what about for you, Danny? What's well, how, also, what's this process look like for you? Yeah, it was also Matt. Uh, there's a common thread here, but uh, yeah, Matt. Um, I've known him most of the time since I've been here. And I would say maybe two years after coming, maybe like 2013, 2014, he started talking to me a lot more about just LA in the city, obviously church planning, but just like kind of uh, certain areas of our city that uh, just were appealing to both of us mm. in some ways. Uh, I wasn't like super like trying to figure out like, oh, I want a church plant one day. It was just more that discussion with Matt and looking at these parts of our city that kind of started drawing me more and more towards it. So we talked about it a lot. And then shortly after, I'd say maybe a year or so after me and Dustin started connecting about it and talking about it a lot. And yeah, it's kind of just taken off since then. And then bringing Demetrius into the fold. Um, yeah. And so that's how it was for me too. That's cool. I mean, it's been such a, a cool journey to see the Lord weave all these different parts and different stories together to this, this step that's probably for all of you becoming a lot more real yes. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yes. right now. So, okay. So what, why don't we take a step back though, and maybe even ask the bigger question, like why, like why plant a church? Why, why should we, why should we as a church be planting churches? What is it that's compelling to, compelling enough for, to you guys to say that this is a multiplication that, um, the Lord is calling us to like, why even just big picture wise, why should we be planting churches? Love that question. Um, and I love that one of the heartbeats of our church is wanting to multiply and multiplication and how we at Cornerstone want to be a church, um, that plant is other, that plant other churches that will be planting churches. And so, one, wanting to follow the Great Commission of going to make disciples and then following what Jesus said in Acts chapter one, verses eight of going, being a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth and realizing that we are in the ends of the earth and that we are getting to go like how what Jesus commanded to his disciples, we are, we are reciprocants of that. Mm -hmm. Like we have benefited from their faithfulness of going and being a witness and multiplying and that we want to go to be a part of that as well. And by that is doing a church plant, particularly in Jefferson Park and the Northern Corridor of South LA to be a witness um, of what God has done in our lives and what God is calling them. And want, like just wanted to share that hope and shalom mm. um, peace to the, community that we are getting to be able to live life with. Yeah. I mean, the multiplication aspect for sure, just as we think about church planning and um, again, like, like I said, a few minutes ago, I wasn't, it was never really my radar to do church planning, but I think as I've been here and just learning along the way of, I think there's an aspect with like church planning always, I felt like, when I was in other contexts earlier in my life, it was about church planning. Okay, a, a pastor can start his career, quote unquote, mm. leading a church. And you didn't think about multiplication. I think when you kind of thought about the sending out, it was always a missionary. You send a missionary across the seas to go reach a people group. But the multiplication and the missional aspect of church planning was never really on my radar until I got here. And so, yeah, just I think looking at I think also there's this, this idea that you go to places that are completely have no gospel mm. presence. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case in South LA. There's mm -hmm. many healthy churches over there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even as we look at like West LA, 
like we're West LA, we're Mar Vista, we're Palms, Culver City. Like there's just so many pockets that our church is reaching, but we're still not reaching the whole pocket of West LA. Totally. And same in South LA, mm-hmm. you know, being multiplying over there and just seeing the need. It's not that like we want to go over there and be like, oh, other churches are doing it wrong. We got to therefore multiply. It's just we want to be a continual part in that multiplication process of what God is doing through churches over there already and in that mm-hmm. community already mm-hmm. stuff. And so um, I think it's just, yeah, it's important. And I'm glad that we are able to um, take part in this and, and look at it from that perspective of going to serve and multiply versus, oh, this is a way to long, like start our careers as pastors. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know I, I think it's, that's so interesting. I think it's so helpful. Um, I mean, I think of that here in West LA. That's why I'm so excited every time there's a new church plant in West LA, right? When there's a new church plant in West LA, I'm not like, oh, you know, from somewhere else. I'm like, oh, you know, uh, this competition or whatever. I, I'm so excited because there's so many people in West LA still not reached, right? There's there, the city need desperately needs more gospel saturation, and I think thinking about it in those terms, as opposed to, oh no, these this area needs us. Well, no, it just needs faithful Christians, and the more and more we can saturate that, we're all we're all working together to to reach this city as a whole, to reach the world as a whole, and to reach these different communities. And I also really appreciate that, Danny, because I, I, mean, I think I, I don't. Maybe it is a part of Brian and my story too. But I, I don't think either of us thought of ourselves primarily as church planters. I think we we're just we're pastors who the burden for pastoring and multiplying and draws you to places that need more gospel saturation, and then you live that out. And I think that's really in large part even our vision as a church isn't to raise up um, pastors to start pastoral careers or to launch the deal, like you said, but to experience and simply follow the multiplying work that the Lord is doing. And as we do um, seek for ways in which we can be a part of the increased gospel saturation in different parts of our city. And oftentimes maybe in parts of our city that a church planter or something like that coming from outside of the, outside the state, even outside of the area wouldn't necessarily land or be able to land in the same way. And so um, I, what about for you, Dustin? I mean, and maybe I know it's a lot of the same, but when, when people ask you why, why plant a church? Why now? Why this? How do you, how do you explain it? Yeah. I think the only thing I was thinking of that hasn't been said already was just my experience coming to cornerstone um like being brand new to the city bring me brand new to the this side of the country even right coming from the midwest being able to come here and land at a place that treated me like family that welcomed me in and lived out the gospel in my life um most of that obviously was experienced through my time in community groups um through getting to know the pastors at the church and i mean even through my time in seminary like growing closer to like having pastors at this church kind of like take me in and, and help me through that, that time of my life and guiding me and um, just the community that I've grown to know and love here uh, in the church. It's really just put a desire in me to like share that with other people. I think, I think that's the biggest Mm. like kind of motivation for me is that I've experienced such wonderful community and love from the church here, from the body of Christ, this piece of the body of Christ and wanting to give other people that opportunity to have that as well and share that with other people. And I think, especially as I've gotten to know LA more and grown to love this city and seeing how so many people in this city don't have that, like don't have uh, people that they can go to, people that mm. will listen to them, will care for them. Um, and there's just so much, so much brokenness in the city, so much loneliness and, um, I think our culture wants to provide answers to those things, but I know that the the best and only like all satisfying answer to those needs is the gospel. Mm. And so wanting to bring that to another part of Los Angeles um, where we can pro- help provide that and show people like where they can find that, that uh, like true satisfaction and joy. Mm. Um, yeah. That, that was big for me for sure. in mm. like finding a home here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Oh, so encouraging and also, I think, so bittersweet, right? Mm-hmm. I think multiplying has its – I mean, I think of just 
even just the relationships around this table, my, my relationship with all of you guys, I know your relationships with so many other people here that go so deep, like that multiplication is a, and that sending is a necessary part of following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's also, it's also bittersweet. So you want to extend that to others, mm-hmm. but that requires stepping out towards them um, and not just kind of sitting and enjoying it yourself. Yeah. Um, which it's hard, I think, for all of us. Yeah. What, um, so what is, why this part of the city? Why Jefferson Park? What, and, and maybe what are some of the unique needs or opportunities you're hoping um, to see the gospel come to, um, come to address in the city? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with this area specifically, uh, I, uh, so I'm, a native Angelino. I'm born and raised in LA and um, I just, I love LA. I don't, I really never saw myself living outside of mm-hmm. living in Simi Valley in Ventura County was like too much for me. <laughs> like, I was only there four months when I came back to LA, but um, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, just, I love LA. And um, I think one thing, throughout my life. I don't know when exactly I could pinpoint this to, but I think there was just parts. My stomach might be going a little crazy. If you can guys hear that, <laughs> sorry. But um, uh, yeah, just that part of LA, it's, there, there's, there's just communities to me that seem like they were forgotten in our city. And South LA is one of them. Um, you know, you can kind of look at historically and just, maybe even systemically how the community was set up and, um, and also other parts of our city as well. But I've always kind of had a heart for those kind of communities and that part of the city to me first, when me and Matt were talking a lot about it was the idea of it being so potentially multi-blink, you know, we as a church value that a lot. And so like multi-ethnic, multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-socioeconomic, generational, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was an attractive part about it, that northern part of South LA, because it borders a tan and there's places just north of it. And with the changes are somewhat taking part in those communities, just that opportunity to do uh, church in a context like that was very appealing. But even in recent months, we've had conversations with some pastors over there and even learning about some of the value systems of that community itself. And I think I, it goes back a lot for that, like with that part of the city is just, it's one of those places that seems that like was forgotten and avoided and but there's a lot of beauty and uniqueness in those areas i think no one wants to go south of the 10 and no one wants to go east of those hills but it's a beautiful context it's a very unique area there's just so much culture there and i think when i look at like how sometimes those areas were neglected and forgotten i'm starting to think it through like but jesus hasn't forgotten about you guys mm-hmm. and if we're called to to be church planners over there and to be multi- multiplying and missional, we want to take that. I mean, I can't speak for them, but myself, I'm like, I don't want to lose that heart of saying like, Christ hasn't abandoned you or forgot about you. And I don't either. We don't either. Mm. So that's, what's unique about that area. Just that. And um, yeah, just love, love it over there. Mm. You know, I've only been there about a little over a year, but mm. it's, it's uh it's a beautiful place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I echo what Danny said. Just it is a beautiful place. Um it is not like what most people think of Los Angeles are when they come to visit Los Angeles where they will go. And I'm not from I'm not an Angelino. I am a Washingtonian mm-hmm. from the great state of Washington, not Washington DC. But Washington State, I have to be very clear about that for when I say Washington. Um, but as I've been out here for 20 years now, um, L.A. has definitely grown more and more on me. And particularly this area that we're looking at, particularly Jefferson Park, which is changing rapidly uh, with just what has been taking place in with COVID and just 
what's taking place in LA of just people moving there quickly. Mm-hmm. But then you have south of Martin Luther King, which is a very diverse but segregated community. Mm-hmm. Um, and even as Danny mentioned, the multi-blank aspect is we realize part of the area is looking forward to the multi-blank aspect of being multiracial, um, multi um having different blends of social economics. But then there's another segment of it that that is not one of their values. Mm. Um, They're not looking to um, be blended. They're not looking to cross some of those cultural um, boundaries to get to know one another. Mm. And so <clears throat> part of it is knowing that that is not one of their values, but want to be a prophetic voice in that community, in that um, particularly in that um Forcing, what does it look like for us to be a multi-ethnic church um, in a place that may not want to be multi-ethnic mm-hmm. um, and may have even strong, um, s- strong divides amongst itself when it looks at their neighbors? And so what does that look like for us to be that in that community, but also at the same time learning and being a part and hearing their voices and hearing their concerns and not coming in as, Danny mentioned earlier of trying to say, oh, we know everything. Um, we're trying to fix this, but really being a part of that community and really being sensitive to that community. And so there's a lot of things that we're just going to be learning while we're there and that we get to learn of what it looks like for us to love our neighbors, even when our neighbors may not be happy that we're there. Um, what does it look like for us to love and still be there and, um, and see how we can best serve and humbly mm. serve and walk alongside with, live life with them. Mm. Get- I think it's just so interesting. I think so helpful as you guys, and I think you even explained to me and uh, taught me about just some of the different dynamics at work. And as you're trying to go in with a, a learning heart and open eyes, even just realistic and open eyes into what are the real dynamics in the culture and the community you're in. Can you speak, speak a little bit more to that? I mean, let's talk about that a little bit more, just about what you're hoping to engender in your core team and what you get, maybe the conversations, I don't know, maybe even give us a little bit of a look into some of the conversations you've been having about how you hope to, what you've come to understand about the community and how you hope to navigate that um, together. Yeah. I think in, in a lot of ways we're still learning. Um, I think that there are, some things like Demetrius just mentioned about how learning to see the perspective of what people who have lived in that community for generations, um, how they're looking at a church coming into the the neighborhood that's coming from a church on the west side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what that looks like, and e- even the the concept of um, people not desiring diversity, like like he said, is was kind of a, a big shift for me to wrap my head around because I think. Mm. Even in West LA, like that's something that we've talked about so much, and that we in in our, in our society as a whole, I think in general, um, that's that's a huge push and and been being seen as like a very positive thing, right? And so to to learn that there are uh, sections of our our country and society, and especially our city, that don't value that um, was like a pretty eye opening for me mm-hmm. um, to have that perspective, um, and I think. Uh, yeah, just just learning like what needs this community has, like how it's different than the West Side, than like like I've been in Mar Vista or Palms the whole time I've lived in LA basically. And so um just seeing how this community, as Danny said, is like a forgotten community um in a lot of ways. But also I think there's a lot of community pride. There's a lot of um like people that live there and have lived there for generations are very proud of being a part of this community. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I think people band together um, and have gotten through a lot of like difficulties because of being forgotten in a lot of ways and, and, and maybe even like neglected or looked down on um, compared to other parts of Los Angeles or like, like Dimitri said, it's not really the place that people go and visit when they come visit Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. Um, and so seeing that pride and, and I think Danny had mentioned this morning when in God's activity about, coming in with uh, an attitude of humility. Mm-hmm. And in one sense, we know like what people need in general, right? Like people need the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, people need to know about Jesus. They need to know that he died for them and, and 
come to believe that, right? But I think there's so much context here that we need to come in with an attitude of humility and how that mm-hmm. how that may have already been told to them. Like I, this, I, I don't think this area is an area that's uh, like a completely unchurched area. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, people in this part of Los Angeles will have grown up more in the church than people in West LA, right? Totally. Um, like the it's it's an area that. Um, Church is kind of part of a culture, and in some ways, that's more familiar more familiar to me coming from the Midwest, where like church was something everyone did on Sunday because it's what you're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be more of the feeling that people have mm-hmm. in this neighborhood. Um, and then they're kind of like coming from that background, but now having chosen to not really be a part of it as they become adults or mm-hmm. grown up, and and maybe maybe reconnecting some when they have kids or something like that, but. Um, so learn so coming into the neighborhood learning what people's background is like what kind of baggage comes with conversations about church for people um what uh just like kind of all those angles and the humility of like how do we present the gospel that we know people need in this context um that is in a lot of ways new to us um yeah yeah um adding on to that just one of the uniqueness about it being a part of the city that most people have had some contact with the church in this community, but also right now there's a lot of destruct, um, deconstructing their faith, um, particularly deconstructing um, the Christian faith. And so a lot of people are questioning um, Christianity and is Christianity for them. Um, and particularly um, you have the Hebrew Israelites rising up in that community of um Someone saying Christianity, you know, it is not for you as black people. Hmm. Um, it is an oppressive religion. And so that is something that we are also facing as we are coming into this community of where um, something that they have known for grandparents, multi-generations of the Christian faith is now being questioned and they are pushing back on it. Um, and so how do we come into a community that they somewhat know the like what Christianity is, but at the same time they are questioning it and pushing back. And so even for us, uh, for us as a um, pastoral team, but even the core team that is launching, we are spending time reading books and reading one particular book about white, um, whitewashing Christianity by Jerome um, Gay. And just really asking the questions of like, how are we, how are we going to be faithful to what the scriptures say? And then also be able to, um, give a defense on when people push back on saying, isn't this Christianity? It's like, that's, that is not what biblical Christianity is. Um, and this is what Christianity has been throughout all of history has been multi blank people all throughout, like from the conception of Christianity, from when we see, um, in acts of when the apostles start to preach the gospel, people heard it in their languages and it was different languages. It was, Languages from Asia, from Africa, like all these beautiful languages, people all were coming that looked different, that had different stories, different backgrounds, and that the gospel was for all people. And that is like something that some people do not like that. I mean, that is something that is not being taught and being shared with the larger scope of what Christianity is and where Christianity has not been just one people's religion. Um, but it's been a religion for all people and that God is a God for all people. And he created all man in his image. And so that is something that we're going to be needing to give a defense for and um, that we're going to be having some unique challenges that we're going to be facing with that. But I'm excited with this team of what it looks like for me as a black man to be shepherded by a Hispanic and a Caucasian. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, they're my pastors. And Mm -hmm. so what is that? Like, even in the way that I submit in the way that I sit underneath their leadership, um, is a beautiful example of like, this is why we see this as something that's beautiful, but also see the challenge. Um, and so with that, we are going to shepherd one another in this process, um, and showing this to the community of what it looks like for us to work together. Um, for something bigger than ourselves, bigger than our ethnicity, bigger than any particular identity that we have that is a part of Christ, but still understanding that 
I'm a black man and that is a beautiful aspect of who I am. And so I'm not going to forget that um, when we walk into this church plant, but that is a unique, unique aspect of who I am. And knowing that that is a unique aspect of anyone walking to our church, um, that their ethnicity um, is not saying, no, it stops at the door. It's like, no, bring that in. Um, And we want to get to know your story, get to know your journey. And so I think those are some of the unique things that we're going to be facing. Um, And some of the things that we're trying to walk through is like, how do we know people's stories and get to know each individual as they walk in and not saying, leave that at the door. Um, But no, bring it in. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. I I think the kind of cool part so far, especially with our core team, as we've been meeting and stuff the past few weeks and months, it's, it's not, like these issues and these things that Demetrius and Dustin have brought up, um, they're not, it's not a situation where the core group, like we're just learning this and say, all right, core group, like this is the issues we're, that we're going to be facing, but it's actually, a, it does feel like a collective team effort yes. where like we're learning from one another. Like I got to hang out with David Lanham um, on Wednesday night. We were walking Limer Park in the village and just, learning from him him he lived he's lived over there for about seven years he said but like learning from him and just uh seeing like the little things that like we might have ideas about but he is just able to better equip us as pastors with like hey yeah like it is a little bit like this or yeah like it probably will be difficult in this way but just being able to like bounce that off with your core team Mm -hmm. and walk through those things. Like we, to me, it feels like as we're discussing these things with the core, like it does feel like we're all locked in arm in arm and just moving towards and understanding some of these things. And that's kind of a beautiful thing to have right now. Um, And I think, I think a lot of people also on our team have just become aware of it, having lived over there and um, just learning about it themselves. And I think it's just helpful for, it not just being like me, Demetrius and Dustin trying to like learn about it, communicate it, but the team itself is able to communicate it and also uh, share with us as well. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's so helpful. So encouraging. Uh, you can even see what the Lord's doing there. So, so I, I know that th- this, this core team has been built in a lot of parts just through relationships and your conversations and invitations. Like, I mean, I kind of just want to ask you as people are listening to this, like, do, do you want members of Cornerstone West LA to consider being a part of this? Is that like core team kind of locked in now? And, and like, when, if people are listening to this, how do you, how would you encourage them to pray about um, either being involved or um, supporting or being a part of this? Actually, you know what? That's interesting. I actually don't know the answer to this question. I'm kind of like, do you want more people to be involved? Or like, is this like, <laughs> I think I'm going into the, into the question. I was assuming it. And as it was coming out, I'm like, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I know the answer. I mean, I just kind of would love your guys' perspective at this point, a couple of months from um, the soft launch and, and being on your own. Where, where are you guys? Yeah. Where are you at with that? Yeah. Um, we would, we are open and willing to have people join us. Um, and something that we would encourage them to pray through. And as you're listening to this podcast, just to be thinking through is, um, we are not just, we are not an extension of Cornerstone West LA. We are a church plant in Jefferson Park and South Los Angeles. And what that means is that we really want to be intentional in our neighborhood and intentional in our community where, um, if you don't have the heart for South LA and Jefferson Park and then you're considering be praying saying, Lord, make my heart like transfer my heart. If that is where you want me to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if you may be on the West side and say, no, I would love to be a part of that. Be praying saying, Lord, what does it mean? What may it take for me to potentially relocate to that community, be a part of that community? Um, because ultimately we want people that love God and love Jesus and are culturally sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I add that culturally sensitive part is that it is a unique part of the city. It is not West Los Angeles. It is not Hollywood. Yeah. It is not um, Playa del Rey. Like it's, mm-hmm. 
it's not those sections of the city that we may be used to and accustomed to. Um, even as I have been living there for a short amount of time, I realized, man, in most parts, parts of LA, I can go to a farmer's market. I can go to a whole foods. I can go to a restaurant that has fresh food And here in South LA. It's going to be convenience stores. It's going to be, um, like fast food restaurants. It's going to be places that it's not going to be your Ralph's, your Vons. Mm -hmm. Um, our Trader Joe's are very far and few, few between. Like, mm. like people have said that South LA is a food desert, and it's crazy because mm -hmm. LA is known to be a foodie city. Um, mm -hmm. Like, where that fresh fruit, that fresh food mm -hmm. is easy available, but where in South LA, you have to travel sometimes miles to get that, and where most people aren't that mobile. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as you are coming to that, realizing, wow, like I'm going to be entering into a different culture, a different dynamic. Um, a different social economic um, part of the city. Um, and what is it like for me to really want to not make this area conform to me, but for me to get to know this community and what's it like for me to be a part of this community and not saying, man, I hope this part of this, like I hope this neighborhood gentrifies quick for me, mm. where it feels more comfortable and safe for me. Do we want that? Yes. But if you want to be a part of what we're doing, we will want you to pray through like, Lord, search my heart see what is my motives in my heart for wanting to be a part of this church plant in this area. Is it just because it's located near me? Then I want you to ask the question, what does it look like for me? What does it look like for me to love my neighbor right now where I'm at? And so mm. that's one thing that I'll be pushing um, less than Danny. Yeah. I think just to clarify something you said, I don't, I don't think we just want everywhere to be gentrified or like <laughs> everywhere yeah. to be yeah. like just, changed completely from what it is but i think you were emphasizing like being comfortable and safe like we want people to have neighborhoods where they can feel safe and mm -hmm. obviously like these the neighborhoods that we're looking at are neighborhoods that oftentimes have more violence or have more um difficulties in areas that are, are still present in west la and this the side of the city but are probably much more common there and people growing up in those neighborhoods have experienced a lot of that um and obviously would love to have more more peace in their neighborhoods and that's what we want Mm -hmm. want to be able to we want to see that for them as well um but i think like thinking through people wanting to join with us like i, I think we would love to have people come with us um all those things demetrius said i think are, are, i echo those and um just thinking through the the presence that we can have in the community i think has been a big thing that we've talked about of like with people that want to be like very involved with the church like i think we would we would highly encourage people to look at relocating with us um, and moving to that neighborhood or nearby. I think we're not, we're definitely not close to people joining us being part of the church that still live on the West side. Um, if relocation is not an option for them, if they still want to be part of the church, but then asking those questions of what does it look like for you to get to know and be involved in the community where the church is um, and how can we love and care for that community? Even if you can't live, live over there and maybe that, maybe that, move happens down the line or mm -hmm. um but i think just asking those questions i think is, is great mm -hmm. and obviously we would love to talk more with people about that if people have have questions about that themselves like we're open to talking about that i don't think like our like core group is necessarily closed off yeah if people are interested in that i think there's there's like room e even for people that just want to attend or mm -hmm. serve in various ways but don't necessarily want to commit to being like um a part of the core group or anything like that like there's, there's a lot of ways that I think people can be connected and mm. um, whether it's getting signed up, like we're going to be having like a prayer, like a monthly prayer mm -hmm. um, newsletter that we'll send out that we would love. We need people praying for us um, and staying up to date on what's, what's going on with the church, um, things that are happening in the neighborhood that we can be praying for and serving. And mm. I'm ho hopefully there will be opportunities soon as well, where we get plugged into the neighborhood and are serving in different ways and can have people even from partner churches like West LA or the South Bay plant, like we can do those things together and start to build bridges with other people in the community yeah. that are already doing those things. Yeah. So I think it's so helpful. I mean, I mean, what, and what I hear you both saying is that the, the door is wide open. You'd love for people to come with you, be a part of that. Um, but also with the caveat that being a part of that means investing in, that community, yeah, investing in yes. those neighborhoods, uh, being a part of you know, 
we're not looking for just church attenders, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to fill up Sunday morning, uh, you know, quicker or something like that. But it's, it's about, it, it's about being in line with the heart for your heart for that community, which again, I mean, like we've been talking about this last few weeks is, and, and going to be talking about more and more is a part of what we hope people's heart is for the West side yes. here at mm-hmm. Cornerstone West LA. Right, that this would be in that sense a mirror and an extension of love for the community in which God has placed you and God and, and He's called you to invest. Um, but that that's a uh, ideally, I think we would all say that's not just a part of being a part of a church plant. Yeah, that's a part yeah. of being part of a church. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. That's what it looks like, and which, when you are starting a church, is even more important mm-hmm. to make sure that's that clarity and core vision yeah uh, mm-hmm. shared that's that. even something that as we've had conversations with people it's been helpful for us like we, we've been talking together but also having conversations with people that we're asking to come with or have interest mm-hmm. um as they're thinking through whether or not they want to come with that they feel god calling them to to do that um just making clear to them that whether or not they come with like this is our call as christians is to yeah. be intentional with, with our community around us, where we live, where we work, where we're involved, um, whatever it is. And so I think it's been really helpful to have those conversations, even with people that have decided not to come that we've talked to mm-hmm. yeah. after, after talking through with them and giving them time to think about it and pray about it. Yeah. It's been, I think it's just a helpful exercise for us to be going through as a church. I think that's, what's great about being a multiplying church is like, whether it's community groups or mm-hmm. completely multiplying churches, right? It, forces us to ask those questions over and over again of like, why are we here? Like, why do I live where I live? Why do I go to this church where I go? Is God calling me to, to do this other thing, whether it's Mm -hmm. going to like being part of multiplying a community group or multiplying a church or, um, how am I serving? Like things like that. Like, why do I work where I work? Mm -hmm. Um, all those questions, I think it's good for us to be asking those. And this is just kind of an area or an opportunity that God's provided for us to engage with people in our church with mm. those questions. Mm. Um, and so, like you said, this is not just a church plant thing. It's a, this is a Christian thing. And yeah. so yeah. Um, being intentional about that and thinking about those things, it's been really yeah. good. I think it's so helpful. So important for us to continue to reiterate. Right. Yes. Cause I think that's, that's our shared uh, perspective as pastor, all, all of us as pastors. Um, and we hope that in, increasingly it's continually the, our shared vision as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you talked about the timeline this morning. The um, soft launch is scheduled for April 10th. Yes. Correct? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. So a little over a couple months from now, how specifically in these two months can we as a church family be kind of strategically and intentionally praying for um, the three of you, your your wives, your families, um, and for the core team. Um, how yeah? How can we be praying for you? Yeah, I mean, this morning, if you guys were at service, uh, we mentioned a couple of those things, like generally, and if maybe to kind of touch on a little bit more specifically, uh, like with, for us specifically, me, Demetrius, and Dustin, and their families and our core group. I think just that wisdom and. Uh, how yeah how everything will look like what um what god will bring in that causes us to kind of think through how do we do a service all these different things um and just needing that wisdom and leading people and shepherding people and relying on god specifically um to to provide us with his wisdom like i said again god's activity but uh, I think also I, I look at the potential of we're going to face a lot of, at some point in time, difficult crises, circumstances with people in the community. Um, and I think just praying for endurance for us, uh, for our, those in our church as well, uh, praying for, um, again, like that godly discernment and just different there's just so many different things that we we've been talking about a little bit that just might be on the radar over there that wouldn't be necessarily on the radar over here 
Uh, what was, we kind of talked about this a little bit. It was like you were talked about like some of the immigration things or just like, like how people maybe like living arrangements and just, just things that like happen that are different than what we've probably encountered over here. And I think being able to endure um, and faithfully serve the people, but also understand it's going to be very difficult. And so, um, yeah, and the, the community, um, and we mentioned that earlier as well. Just, uh, I've been thinking a lot. I know past most of the pandemic, LA has kind of seen like a, a, a rise in violence and homicides and all those things. And not that like where we're at, it's like the wild, wild west or anything like that, you know, but it's just been, you you know, like the, the communities that we're stepping into, um, that's kind of just like Dustin said earlier, it's just more common over there. And just, uh, again, like it's something like me and David were talking about this the other night. There was a young 16 year old girl. Someone just like killed her and threw her on the side of the 110. She was like 16 years old. And he's like, but you're hearing, there's another story that happened. It was, they're both equally sad, but there was a, a, a woman that was killed in Hancock park, which is a more fluent area. And there's been so much news coverage on the, yeah, this is what David was telling me. There's been so much news coverage on the Hancock Park lady that's died, but barely anything on this 16-year-old girl that was just dumped on the side of the 110 freeway. We're not in that exact area, but like just there's so much hurt and there's so much difficulty when you see what's impacting the city as a whole right now. These areas are highly impacted as well. And just praying for the community. We're not trying to make it sound like, oh, it's just dangerous. Like, you know, nothing like that. It's just there's beauty still there. And um, again, like I said earlier, God cares about it and God loves it. And we want to um, love the community that God does, not trying to come in as saviors or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dustin, let me just probably can add more. To yeah. Pray for wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Um, as Dan just shared, um, we're going into a community that has experienced trauma in a different way. Um, that is unique to them and may be unfamiliar to us. And so being sensitive as we walk in that and walk with them um, as their life, their life stories, their, the generational things that they have experienced as a community. Um, since we're new and we are, have not to live there, there are a lot of things that we may think, oh, this is just how things should be. And not knowing that this has been a pattern or something that has been there and just how do we navigate and be able to allow um, their stories and their voices to be heard and valued. Um, And so wisdom Um, also for the core team in the group that is going that our hearts will be mended closer together and that we'll have a deeper love for one another um, and that we will be able to support one another and be able to listen to our story and not just think, just look outward. But knowing that we are a community as well, that have our own stories, that have experienced our own traumas. Um, And what does that look like for us to live life together and love one another and encourage one another and exhort one another? So that and then also for us three as pastors, um, we have gotten the opportunity to pastor here at Cornerstone. Um, But this is going to be the first time that we are going to be pastoring in a new location and also in a place where um, we don't have the same support system that we have here um, or easily readable. Because I know that you guys are going to be supporting us as we were over there, like which I'm so thankful for yeah. of your guys' commitment to supporting us that way. But <clears throat> just where, yeah, like us doing pastoral care and counseling mm-hmm. people in different situations of being able to know how to best do that and be able to love and care for one, one another. Um, so be praying for just wisdom and just even for us as three, for our hearts to be mended and where we will be united on that front as we walk into this unique season in our lives in this new chapter. Yeah, I think praying for God to prepare the way before us and just the community there. And there are people there who haven't heard the gospel. There are people there who have grown up hearing the gospel, but it's never penetrated in their hearts and their eyes are still... Um, 
their eyes, there's still scales over their eyes. So just praying that God would soften people's hearts, would give us avenues to meet people, whether it's neighbors, we've already gotten to meet neighbors and, and seeing God, we're already seeing God open doors in those ways, which has been pretty amazing. Um, but that God would continue to give us more, more opportunities to meet people, more opportunities to connect through various avenues in the neighborhood, um, to be able to share the gospel with people, um, and be able to like be a piece of the body reaching out to the community there. Um, yeah, I think we don't know what God's going to do. Like this is a, a leap of faith for us in a lot of ways. Um, none of us have church planted before. Um, and so we're going to have to figure this out. And so we're just trusting that God knows what he's doing. Right. Mm. Um, and I think going along with that too, with like the logistics of things, like I think with the soft launch where we have ideas of how we're going to start there, but um, we're hoping that throughout the summer, God can um, help us figure out what needs to change, how we need to adjust things um, to best serve the community and in, in what we're doing. And um, yeah, just figuring out all the details of that, that, that God would make it clear to us, like what, what is good that we're doing and what we need to change and how we can, how we can do that well and be faithful um, with, with what we've been given. So cool. Cool. Well, thanks guys. That's so helpful. And I know, I mean, <clears throat> I know you guys know that I speak for the pastors when we commit to be praying for you and we have been praying for you and we'll continue to, but um, I also just think it's probably fair for me to speak for our church family and those listening who I will commit to pray for you too. And um, this is, I, I know a huge step. Like we talked about a, a bittersweet one and an exciting one, um, an intimidating one, but it's an act of faith. And I'm so, so thankful for it. So thankful for what the Lord has in store. So thankful that we serve a God who, uh, regularly does more than we could ask or imagine thinking of Ephesians four. Um, and, because he knows best, because he is the source of wisdom, because he's the source of love, because he loves us and loves that community, um, and because he has the power to do so. And so we continue to come to him, trust him for that, and excited to see how that all works out in the coming uh, weeks, months, and and years ahead for Shalom Bible Church. Um so thankful for you guys. Th thanks for taking the time to share this as well. And, and I would just, I would encourage you if you're listening, um, if any interest at all, even any questions, I know they would love to talk with you about this, love to talk with you about how in, in any unique or specific way you might be involved. If you have any connections in that community, um, whether it's family, relationships, um, businesses, friends, other churches, other in the churches area, in the area. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they would love to, um, love to connect with you about those things. And, and we just ask you to fulfill that commitment to be praying for, for them, for Shalom Bible church and for the work the Lord's going to do and in the months and years ahead. So thanks. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for the time. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having us, Scott. Yeah. Thanks yeah. For thank us. you. Absolutely. Well, thank and thank, you. and thank you all for listening. We, we love you, and we'll see you on Sunday.